Content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So we've got a special treat for this spoopy month. Spoopy? A special spoopy? Special spoopy. Because we are going to be talking about The Hunted Encore, which was uh, created by friend of the show, Ned Donovan, who's part of Encounter Party, and... He gave me some awesome information about the background of the show and everything. And yeah, I, I did decide, though, with all of that, that we need to do it in a two-parter. So this week, we're just going to cover season one. Next week, we're just going to cover season two. Sweet. Because there was a lot, and Woo! I'm happy, and yeah. it's awesome. All right. All right. So we're going to need, though, to go back in time. Do I need to do my back in time noise? I'm so glad it was that noise and not the worst year ever time machine noise. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to go back in time to 2002. What were you doing in 2002, Warren? Ah, uh, see, 2002. So I would have been in 10th grade, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was. Oh, whoo! That was a. <laughs> yeah. Your eyes. Well, I just realized uh, that was a rough year for me, so oh. I probably, I probably shouldn't. Uh, okay, answer. that's fine. That's uh, fine. See, other than uh, let's see, depression, definitely excessive masturbation. Uh, Okay, sounds sounds about right you know, for that pretty, age. Pretty typical teenage stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Playing video games like I do now. Mm -hmm. And, um... Yeah. Just, just uh, you know, doing doing the typical things like feeling the, uh, the crushing existential dread of realizing that we're a tiny little hunk of rock orbiting a giant fireball that in five billion years will expand to ten times its size and engulf the whole planet and uh, all of human history will have been for nothing. I think I had that realization at like six when I picked up an astronomy book. But well, yes. well, it's yes. not that I had that realization. That was just uh, the crushing weight of, oh, nothing I do matters. So what's mm -hmm. the point of anything? Which when you had that, you were like, whew, no one will care about all my mistakes because the whole world will be destroyed. Yep. Thank fuck. And I, and I went in the opposite uh, angle of why bother doing anything because nothing matters. Oh, man. This took a dark turn for spoopy month. I mean, it is spoopy month. Um, it's not existential dread month. It's not existential dread that month. That is reserved but... for November for election years. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, I'm sorry. I kind of derailed no this uh, more than I no expected worries. to. No um, worries. In 2002, I was uh, reading Animorphs fanfic 
lot of fix-it fic for the ending of Animorphs <laughs> and uh, getting ready to be in the Wizard of Oz and experience the joys of being a little black girl playing the lead role in the widest part of Salt Lake County at the time. Yeah, being a little black girl getting ready to experience racism for being Dorothy. Yeah, I had already experienced racism for going to Jungle Gyms, for going to Discovery Zone and wanting to be in the... One section that the stupid-ass little white girl decided, you can't come in here because you're black. Fuck you. Okay. Um, <laughs> how, how dare you want to be a child I and was do child six. things in Utah? I was six. That is not tolerated. That was, oh, my God. It sucked. But I wasn't six in 2002. I was 14. That, I would have concerns if you were six in 2002 because I don't think we would have legally been able to date uh, when we did. No, we would not have. But a time matrix would have probably caused that. Which, well, then again, uh, by Utah standards, we probably could have still gotten married. Actually, yeah. But Utah, <laughs> Utah's fucked. How is this again related to the show we're doing this week? We're going on a lot of tangents. Here. Yeah, some of this may end up on the this the might end up on floor. the cutting room floor. But uh, so neither of us were aware of what would become the longest running web series at the time. The the web was still kind of in its uh, well, not I shouldn't say infancy. It was not in as it, it's a uh, mass everywhereness <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't everywhere yet but like we were starting to get things like homestar runner uh i would be on albino black sheep watching those cartoons um and uh gosh was badger 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 that year too something like that it was pre-YouTube is what I'm getting to. I was, YouTube. I was probably on Joe Cartoon putting frogs in blenders and hamsters in oh microwaves. Oh my god, I forgot about Joe Cartoon. I I'm fucking love that website. I'm gonna do something real by it. I fucking love that site. And shockwave.com. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this is pre-YouTube, basically, is what we're getting at for all the young folks that are listening that probably shouldn't be. I think you and I just took a rapid fire trip down memory lane. <laughs> we just did. Holy fuck. Badger, 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 mushroom, mushroom, a snake, ooh, it's a snake. Oh my god, MySpace wasn't even a thing yet. So, like I said, pre-YouTube times, we're putting ourselves there. Before YouTube, around the time that broadband's being used more. That just uh, hurt my brain is the realization. 2002 was 18 years ago. Oh, fuck. 18 years, gay. I, you know, I was enjoying the fact that I found my first gray hair this weekend <laughs> that wasn't a birthmark gray hair. Which I don't know anybody else who feels that way about well, gray hairs. Because, like, the ones that I have lit normally, like, the ones I was born with, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, I was born yes. with it, but it's just this little... That's birth spot. It's birthmark gray hair. This is a sign of 20 fucking 20. <laughs> I yeah. am 32 and I've got my first actual gray. I'm surprised I don't have any gray hairs. I don't, I, yeah, I haven't seen any grays on you. Yeah. yeah. But then again, my hair is dark, so it stands out easier. Like, you'll probably have like a stripe of gray before we notice that you have any gray because you're blonde. Because of my blonde. You're, you're. My <laughs> Thin, blonde hair. So, in 2002, 
Robert Chapin began the series The Hunted. It's a single-camera action-comedy mockumentary. Think Cops meets Buffy in sort of a peanut butter and chocolate style fusion. I'm already sold. Exactly. And it was huge in the stunt community. Like, stunt coordinators, sword fighters, all that, they were really big into it. Uh, So much so that there was a yearly contest to submit a fan episode. Really? Yes. There's your bedrock. Now we're going to do the next layer of rock. (laughs) It's also going to be a geology lesson. This will be a geology lesson. (laughs) Which was not one of my strongest sayings. In in this strata, in this strata in 2009, we we were together by this point. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Kay, for reference. Yes. yes. In 2009, the hero of our tale, Ned Donovan, teamed up with Mark Bedell to create The Hunted Generations. They worked with the main Academy of Stage Combat students on this one, and it didn't win the contest, but Ned, as well as his classmates at Ithaca, created the Hunted Expulsion, where our vampire slayers are college students who have to balance not getting expelled and dealing with the vampire classmates who need a good slaying. And this one ran until 2011 with a planned but never completed second season. Now... Let's uh, jump forward some more. Yeah. So, uh, we have 2016. We all remember 2016. Did it ever end? It's the year that somehow was not as bad as 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, Ned teams up with his childhood friend, uh, Mark, to create... Give My Regards to Broadway, Classic Show Tunes Reimagined, which is a 10-song album that reimagines some classic 60s songs in more current radio genres. This album features several Broadway performers and caught the attention of Robert Chapin from earlier. Ooh. Yes. He had a proposition. A sexy, spooky proposition? He had a musical proposition. Was it a sexy, spoopy musical proposition? Yes, it was a sexy, spoopy musical proposition. Oh, he wanted a musical episode. The dulcet tones to touch the ears of hunted fans and create a musical episode for the hunted. Things got really weird, so that y'all know just now. <laughs> I, I I apologize for nothing. Um, Ned and Marcus, though, they do one better. They create a fucking musical web series. So, uh, this is the birth of season one of The Hunted Encore and the production company Charging Moose Media. <laughs> I love that name. I know, right? It's so great. I love it. So... Ned uh, wrote this following the death of his father, and this was sort of his creative outlet to deal with everything going on. Um, He said he wrote the first draft in a single night, finishing nearly an entire bottle of bourbon. True writer. Um, Originally, this season would have featured Marcus, but he was unavailable, and 36 hours before filming, um, Adam, who uh, we'll talk about when we go down the cast list, uh, joined the cast, and on that same day, all of his songs were recorded. Damn, talk yeah. about rapid fire. Yeah, and so here's a little bit on the filming from Ned. 
Season 1 was filmed in 2.5 days across 24 different locations. Each song was composed by a different up-and-coming musical theater composer or songwriter. Marcus arranged all of the songs along with Will Malones. In the show, everyone played themselves, but as vampires or vampire hunters. So the Ned of the Hunted Encore is an extension of Ned from the Hunted Expulsion, which took place at Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York. A fun fact is, the 2013 reboot of the Hunted Expulsion that was never released, John Gardner was hired to play a vampire who was being cloned against his will. It was a much darker comedy plot, however that same plot point makes its way into season one, and conveniently just ignored for season two. <laughs> uh, Ned had also recorded this while dealing with a hemorrhaged vocal cords, Fuck. and a massive polyp on the left vocal cord, and had throat surgery five days after wrapping season one. Jesus he is Christ. a badass motherfucker. Holy hell, man. Yeah, yeah, like... I'm still hung up on the thing you did earlier. Thank God this is an audio medium. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Holy fuck. Don't stop, baby. Keep going. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to look at this right now <laughs> so that I don't get distracted with future ideas. <laughs> Season one was released for Halloween in 2016 with overwhelmingly positive reviews, which I will read now. Yeah, overwhelmingly positive reviews. <laughs> Warren! <laughs> so, this is from the New York Times. There will be fangs, fist bites, and bite me jokes. Fist bites. Jesus. There will be fangs, fist fights, and bite me jokes, all set to guitar-driven musical numbers that will sound just like heaven to fans of 1980s straight-to-VHS action films. The Gothic Library says the hunted encore is that perfect combination of campy silliness ex executed with genuine craft and skill. Indie Red says the series is a truly good production, from a production standpoint, The Hunted Encore features some really well-done tunes, recorded and mixed nicely, and to be honest, really well-written. And uh, Darkest Goth Magazine has the special effects used are really quite impressive. All of the actors are phenomenal, and the chemistry between the leads is very good. Season 1 also had an also won Outstanding Score in a Comedy in the LA Web Fest of 2017, as well as outstanding visual and special effects in that same award show. This show also led to the resurgence of affiliate shows for The Hunted, further expanding The Hunted-verse. In terms of special effects, here's some info from Ned that I thought actually was pretty damn neat with regards to how he had to do special effects with this. There's a lot of VFX used, and that's very obvious throughout the show, however there's just as much that is not at all. For instance, in the first season, mic packs are commonly edited out in post-production, as well as towards the end of the season, there is an extensive VFX to add blood to a scene. Since the filming schedule was so fast, we couldn't risk using real blood on costumes or sets, because we didn't have time to do laundry or purchase additional versions of each shirt. So, uh, let's go into the cast and crew for this season. 
Uh, we have Megan, who plays Megan Dorn. Ned is uh, played by Ned Donovan. Uh, Adam Castor is who plays Adam. Andrew Mayer plays Andrew, and he was on Broadway in The Great Comet of 1812. We have John Stephen Gardner, who plays John. He was in the tour of Once, the musical. Uh, we have Henchman One, who's uh, Broadway's John Krause. He was in Town and Fun Home. And Kyle Matthew Hamilton as the second henchman. He was on Broadway in the SpongeBob musical. We have our director, Ryan Gibbo. Gibbo? Gibbo? Uh, we have our director of photography, Garrett Kafchinski. Uh, assistant director was Maria Hill, not that Maria Hill. Uh, assistant camera was Charlie Muentes. Uh, sound design and mixing was Marcus Thorne-Begala from earlier, the childhood friend of Ned. Uh, original score was also Marcus Thorne-Begala. Uh, the script was written by Ned Donovan. It was edited, edited Jesus, by Garrett Kef Kefchinski and Ned Donovan. Visual effects, and this is where things get kind of crazy, were by Robert Chapin, who also worked on Star Wars The Force Awakens as well as American Beauty. Wow. Yeah, and Harry Aspinwall. Uh, songwriters and composers, we have Preston Max Allen from Carrie 2, The Rage, The Musical, and We Are the Tigers. <laughs> we had Megan Begala and Thorn and Marcus Thorne Begala uh, in The Affair. We had uh, Danny K. Bernstein. We had John Gardner. We had Ryan Jabot. Like, basically, like, this is a pretty star-studded show. This, I'm, I'm already quite impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's sort of the background here. Oh, we also have uh, Shannon Deep and Scott Wasserman, who worked on Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, King Kong the Musical, The Great Comet of 1812, uh, additional arrangements by Will Malones, who worked on Empire, which you haven't seen. Um, yeah, just, like I said, star-studded as fuck. Do you have any questions before we go watch this? I feel a little bit overwhelmed a little like 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 uh like just this all this knowledge has just been poured inside of my brain and it was not i i guess what i guess what i'm trying to say is i was expecting something that sounded more indie than and less professional yeah but this sounds like it is surprisingly professional for an indie production yeah this is this is a professional thing like it's it's professional indie and uh, we're gonna be watching it with the Fantasy Network, and that is the way that Ned said they get, you know, the the most uh, stuff, because, like, you can get it through other streaming methods, but, you know, they like to take a cut away from the artist, the artist and Fantasy Network. No. Nice. They, they do a good job. They do yeah, a good so job. That's we want to support them. Exactly. Exactly. Support the fantasy network who supports the artists. Exactly. And also, uh, you know, y'all can check out his band camp, Charging Moose Media, and get that uh, sweet, sweet discount. That sweet 20% off. And then you can have the soundtrack to this, and it'll be awesome for you. Using promo code TONEDEF. T-O-N-E-D-E-A-F. -E -E at checkout. So, are you ready? Baby, I am so ready. I can tell. I can tell you're ready. Let's go.
Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah. Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Are you ready for a spoopy deal? Maybe a musically spoopy deal? Right now on Bandcamp, you can order anything from Charging Moose Media, creators of the award-winning musical web series The Hunted Encore, for 20% off using the discount code TONEDEF. That's right. You can get the soundtracks for both seasons of The Hunted Encore from Charging Moose Media's Bandcamp for 20% off right now. Just enter the promo code TONEDEF, all one word, at checkout for your discount and enjoy the musical stylings of John Krause, Ned Donovan, Megan Dorn, Marcus Thorne Begala, and more. And it's not just Spoopy Month where Charging Moose Media has you covered. Check out a very Charging Moose Christmas as well, also 20% off with the promo code TONEDEF. Visit chargingmoosemedia.bandcamp.com to get 20% off any album on their page with the promo code TONEDEF. That's T-O-N-E-D-E-A-F. Today! And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. that a uh, deviously, devilishly good time of... Were you slayed with laughter? I'd, I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blood-sucking good time. Ah, 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 ah. This did not suck. Ah, 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 ah. I, I already knew, like, I already had the, the feeling that it would be, it would be pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. I was surprised... Well, I shouldn't say I was surprised. That makes it sound like I was expecting it to suck. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I am so glad. I thought it was very funny. Mm-hmm. The music was very good. Yeah. Everybody involved was very talented. And uh, I'm excited to see season two and record the season two episode. Yes. But before we do that, we have to do the season one episode. And I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens. Yeah. There was lots of, like, there was singing and there, and there was fighting and there was vampires, and there was vampire death, and then and then it ended, and I go, well, what happens next? Because, you know, I don't want... Vampires, they, they, killed, they killed vampires, and then the other vampires got away. And, and they were, like, cool vampires, not sparkle-in-the-sunlight vampires. Yes. No, they were, they were vampires, not... Not, uh... Vampires? I don't... I don't know. I, I try to forget <laughs> that Stephanie Myers <laughs> garbage exists. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. I love it. <laughs> uh, this is a little bit shorter than normal things we would re- we would cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I have enough notes. I will... You were typing frantically. It was great. Very slow to ensure we get a normal 
sized episode. Remember, babe, size doesn't always matter. It's what you do with it that counts. <laughs> That's the Warren family crest. <laughs> <laughs> Not to tout my own significance. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> That was really cute. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we? Yes, we shall. So, season one of The Hunted Encore is broken up into four episodes. We begin with the prologue. The prologue of our show opens up with a cameraman picking up his trusty tool and looking into a window where we see his reflection. Action! We hear the reporter call an abusive reporter as she belittles and degrades her own cameraman, as well as threats of violence. <laughs> the behind-the-scenes moment is cut short as the reporter leads her camera-wielding sidekick into the bar they're skulking around. It appears to be a... There appears to be a couple of gents enjoying a tale of fighting over a pint. <laughs> the, re- the reporter, who turns out to be a hunter affiliate, tells the two par- the two bar patron partners, Ned and Adam, that they suck and that they can't hunt vampires worth of shit. She tells <laughs> she tells them to get out of her city, or they can stay and be her loyal sidekicks. Ned is like, uh, how about no? We're like a big deal. We killed the shit out of some vampires. And the reporter is like, you killed one vampire and beat up some college kids. <laughs> and she tells them to get out. Ned doubles down and attempts to charm slash intimidate slash humiliate the report. Uh, then I changed it to a repunter. Because <laughs> she's a reporter hunter, so repunter. <laughs> by saying that she can be their sidekick or grab some pom-poms and be their cheerleader. Smack! Pow! Crash! With a fear, fury... F- not furry, with a fury of blows. <laughs> the repunter... <laughs> that would have been a very different movie. <laughs> well, you get some werewolves in there and then it becomes a furry. So the a rep- furry of blows. A furry of blows. The repunter cleans Ned's clock and leaves him motionless on the bar floor. Adam immediately is like, please don't beat me up. But the repunter's attention has turned to the silent bartender. Repunter tells Ned and Adam's booze uh, booze buddy to turn around, then asks, where's your boss? The bartender says, not here, then pulls a sword out from behind the bar and hisses, as his eyes glow red. (laughs) Repunter acts fast and hurls a stake, I think, at the the, uh, van bartender and he explodes (laughs) in a shower of burning ash. Ned and Adam exclaim in shock and surprise at the realization that their beer-dispensing buddy was a vampire. The shock is quickly compounded as the same vampire shows up again, this time wielding a bar stool as he cracks Ned across the face. The repunter slays the vampire once again and voices her confusion. Was that the same vampire? (laughs) The scene is joined by two unknown men, one wielding a guitar, the other a violin, and Ned calls for the... Uh, for a halt to the scene before staring into the camera and giving us what we've all been waiting for. (gasps) Wait! Did this just become a musical? (laughs) Title screen! The Hunted Encore! (laughs) And prologue. (laughs) Any questions so far? I had forgotten to mention, I think, when we were uh, 
opening this up that the cameraman is a character in this. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, the cameraman is a character, mm-hmm. as people now know, since yes. he's interacted with. Yes, and he's a character, I guess, in the Hunted series as well, so that's just sort of the... Since it's a mockumentary, the cameraman's a character. I kind of assumed all the things in it that I was kind of like, well, wait, what about this? We're just part of the the thing that exists. So, like, apparently Mm -hmm. in this universe, uh, vampire hunters are, like, a franchise, and they just get money for killing vampires. (laughs) I love it. So so we'll we'll get into a little bit of that later. Anyways. (laughs) Episode one. This sucks. Opens up with some sick-ass jams. When night falls, you best be wary, cause things are about to get scary. It's time to rise and look alive as fists fly. Rapunter says she owns these streets and that Ned and Adam will get there. It turns out that the guitar and violin-wielding mystery guys are vampires, and a, f- and a quick fight breaks out before the vampires vanish. Not in a cloud of burning ash, but just normal vanish. <laughs> The vampire hunters exclaim that it's time to look alive. The bar battle song ends, and the next scene is Ned and Adam sitting at a table, and the cameraman asking if Ned and Adam were bored in there, meaning the bar. They say no, but inquire where Rapunter is. We learn that her name is Megan, and she's all hardcore and shit, doing push-ups inside (laughs) and getting pumped for the future hunt. Ned and Adam are not thrilled that Megan made them look like punks and launch into a song about how they didn't come to New York to be sidekicks. They're here to kick some blood-sucking ass. Because <laughs> fighting vampires sucks, but being sidekicks sucks more. <laughs> Ned and Adam finish their song, and Ned huffs and puffs and goes to confront Megan about this whole sidekick nonsense. Adam is right behind Ned, but not really, <laughs> as Ned goes to raise hell. The comedy in this is so great. It's it's very fast-paced, which it has to be for, for being uh, shorter um, little episodes and stuff yeah. like that. So I had to have you pause a lot because mm-hmm. it was just boo, 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 just very, very fast-paced. There's, there's no real lulls in this no, show. No, there is not. So I, I didn't have moments uh, to catch up on notes like I do with songs where they're frolicking in fields for 30 minutes <laughs> oh shit where am i <laughs> megan megan is busy getting yoked and ned launches into the hey we have we have penises and you have a vagina <laughs> penises should not penises should be in charge over vaginas you join our penises we know join your vagina <laughs> megan is like so what you're saying is, I get 50% and you two get 50%, meaning you both get 25% in reality, and I'm still in charge. Ned is like, no, shit, wait, 33% each, which means 66% total for the men, which means Megan is not having any of that shit. Garrett, <laughs> the cameraman, inquires about uh, the remaining 1%, and Adam is like, can't we just agree to be equal partners? Why does it have to be about numbers? <laughs> Megan inquires about their perception of equality. Are they equally skilled in fighting, dancing, <laughs> loving? What about cooking? Who makes the better cram pat? <laughs> Only, some... <laughs> Only some of that conversation happened, but it was all in the subtext, I imagine. Ned looks Have at... you been wa- have we been watching too much Great British Bake Off? <laughs> Is there such thing? Uh, Ned 
Ned looks at the camera with a smile and nod as he says, I think we all know who the best fighter is. And Megan reevaluates Ned's perception of their equality in hand-to-hand combat with a swift punch to the face, (laughs) which subsequently puts Ned back on the floor where he belongs. (laughs) I'm sensing a reoccurring theme here. (laughs) After Ned hits the floor for a quick power nap... (laughs) A rock crashes through the window with a note attached. The note is from an escaped vampire bartender, John, who tells them to meet him at a place in New York City that I totally remember the specific name of, but am choosing to leave out for an added level of mystery and intrigue. (laughs) Anyways, Adam exclaims, Why did John throw a rock with a note instead of just texting? Adam's phone buzzes, and he checks it and reads out loud the message from John. Did you get my petrified messenger pigeon? <laughs> Love, John. <laughs> and Ned is like, why are the blood-sucking blue balls of... Oh, God. Why, why in the blood-sucking blue balls of a date gone sideways does John have your number? Adam is like, who has blue balls? I mean, I'm an actor, Ned. My info is all over this city. That is one of my favorite jokes yeah i thought that was great too and then adam takes this moment to covertly slide a headshot of his onto the fridge as megan and ned are like let's go get this blood-sucking bastard and our heroes and her our hero and her sidekicks rush out the door thus ending episode one but i i love that with him being Mm -hmm. Like, I'm an actor. My information's all over New York. And then as the two of them are talking, he's, like, looking at them and just sliding this <laughs> this uh, headshot of his onto the fridge. And... It's such a great touch. It's very nice. It's very nice. Oh, my hell. Are you ready, Kay, for episode two? Yes, because episode two has probably my favorite special effects in the whole thing. Because the way that they do it can either go really badly (coughs) or it can go this way (laughs) i know which special effect you're talking about Mm -hmm. episode two opens with our hero and her sidekicks arriving at the scene of battle swords on their shoulders adam exclaims that he has a bad feeling about this and megan tells him to find his balls and calm down there are three of them and one of him Two if you count the violin-playing vampire who disappeared mysteriously from the bar, but I have a feeling he'll make an appearance later. John is waiting for them, and he bursts into song with a bit of exposition about him and how he was a lonely vampire who was turning humans into toys. John changes clothing and instruments three times as he creeps around uh, the background of of our hero and sidekicks. Before playing in a band of his... Uh, made entirely of his doppelgangers. The song is cut short before its natural conclusion as an unknown person comes into the scene on a motorcycle and kills all the Johns. Rude. <laughs> but that's the that's the scene you're talking about yeah. where it has uh, John in four different sets of clothing playing four different instruments. Mm-hmm. And A, playing them correctly. B, playing, like moving differently and different facial expressions and different like it looked like there were four people and not just the same person duplicated when they do um those scenes because we have more johns later yeah and uh whenever they do those scenes like it it's it's uh 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 
words. It's really well it's done. It's words. Yeah, it's really yeah. well done. But it also uses other words mm-hmm. uh, that I can't think of right now. But important words that uh, stimulate the, the, the speech centers of your brain. And Give make you, you some stimulation. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> blood-sucking stimulation. Um, <laughs> In a way. Engorging stimulation. Um, but yeah, because um, sometimes when you see the... I don't know if it was green screen or whatever the, the effect is. Sometimes you can tell that... Mm-hmm. That stuff was done there, but yeah. in that one, you you might as well have had four identical quadruplets yeah. who were all in the same room together. It was it was good, and and that's a effect that a lot of people tend to fuck up in their stuff, and it it can either be like really off putting, or it can be really smooth. Mm-hmm. We all know who I'm talking about with really off putting, <laughs> who looks straight into the fucking camera. Anyway. What I'm basically saying is this is really well done, and more people should take notes from that scene. Yep. And it was done, like... Absolutely. It's done perfectly. Mm-hmm. Back to the mystery man on a motorcycle who maliciously murdered multiple men <laughs> named John. The giant piece. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, just you wait. Yes! Just you wait. Andrew is the name of our mystery man, and he was, uh, the guy with the violin earlier, right? Uh, the guy with the violin earlier, I think, might have been John. No. Being duplicated. Oh, really? Yeah. Because this oh. guy's new. Okay. So, because, okay, uh, my bad then. Are you sure? Because I swear that I when he's think... in the bar, he, because John has a beard, and I swear that the guy in the bar when he came in with the violin, is Andrew. Oh, maybe. And Which is why I was confused when he shows up and kills a bunch of Johns, because then I was like, wait wait a minute, wasn't he a vampire in the earlier scene? We could always rewatch it and we find m- out. We might need to, because... Do you want me to pause and we'll rewatch it real quick? Alright, so Warren is right, and I am face blind. Woo! I'm right about something in a musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take that, okay. You've been right about stuff before. Well, I can't remember it, so it doesn't count. I love how you pause and you start searching. You're like, wait, has he been right about... I I know you have. (laughs) If you can't remember it, then it doesn't matter and it doesn't count. (laughs) When it comes to all things musical, you are right 99.9999% of the time, and I am right zero. I am face blind. Zero, 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 zero. Anyways. <clears throat> yes, the person with the violin in the bar was indeed Andrew. Andrew is his name, and he was uh, the guy, yes, with the violin earlier, and I guess he's... <laughs> I guess he's a half-vampire who is torn between two fates, and yes, he is a hunter, but as he ha- but he has second doubts every time he slays one of his vampire brethren. Andrew sings and plays for a bit before concluding his tortured ballad about being a conflicted child of two worlds. Ned is like, oh hey, never meant to mean it. <laughs> Ned is like, oh hey, you're like Blade. I love Blade. And Andrew sends Ned to the floor with a superpowered half vampire punch. <laughs> Andrew does not like Blade. Nope. 
I have to say, with his violin playing, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was baller as fuck. I, I, I'm curious to ask Ned if he, like, because the only thing I can think of in the context of um, this universe of the show mm-hmm. is that when he showed up initially, he was mistaken as a enemy? Or... Because he's half vampire, he initially showed up and he was like, ah, I'm in my vampire mindset. Maybe. I don't know. Because he is there, and then they do a little bit of fighting, and then he goes away. But then he comes back as a hero. So I'm, I'm, yeah, a, little, I'm a little confused. I am a little confused, too. I think that's why my face blindness went, that's not Andrew, that's a different dude. Because <laughs> my face blindness was going, time to try and figure out why he would have been there. Well, that's because it wasn't him. Well, it was him. I don't know. I suffer from face blindness. 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 Hey! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Kay- Audio medium! Hey, Kay- show you smudged... Well, no, actually, you did very good not to smudge my glasses. I'm a pro. Thank you, darling. <laughs> I'm a pro at this. <laughs> Kay is a... Kay is apparently a pro at trolling people with glasses, but not disturbing the lenses. Because I also have glasses, so I know how to... A little smudged. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Anyways, Adam starts to rejoice that they killed John, the big bad vamp of New York. But Andrew delivers the dire exposition that John, the big bad vamp of New York, (laughs) has a ravenous appetite and a thing about blood he apparently has been making vampire clones on top of his normal vampire minions he makes even though andrew not blade and mighty megan kill john's vamps at bite neck speed <laughs> ned picks him ned picks himself up off the floor and inquires if they all have if all they have to do is kill the original John, and all the John clones would die. <laughs> Mighty Megan calls him an idiot, and Ned and Adam counter with the stake-proof logic that this is how the formula works in all Steak other media. <laughs> is that a bulletproof? Hey. <laughs> I do what I can with what I have. It's on my family crest. It's not about the size of the jokes, it's how you use them. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, <laughs> so Ned and Adam counter with the stake-proof logic that that's how the formula regarding clones works in all other media. Kill the main baddie and all the little baddies either die or go away. Andrew Not Blade tells the gang that he knows where John, the big bad vamp of New York's lair is. <laughs> and Ned and Adam find the information convenient but convenient is good for short indie musicals. And the gang rushes off to confront John, the big bad vamp of New York, at his lair. Oh, just you wait. Real quick. (laughs) Am I gonna have to get music for the underscoring? You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Oh. Oh. Why whimper? Are you scared of John, the big bad vamp of New York? (laughs) I think my dog also thinks I'm an idiot with bad jokes. (laughs) Oh, it hurt. Continuing. 
The gang enters what looks like an open mic comedy club. <laughs> the gang ridicules John, the big bad vamp of New York's, for, for his choice in lairs. John, the big bad vamp of New York, tells them that he has a lovely home that he would have loved to have them over for wine and brie, but instead they must die. John, the big bad vamp of New York, calls forth his vampire bros. And not like brothers, but bros, like dude bros who are eager to do the to get into the murdering. <clears throat> like dude bros who are eager to get the murdering done and out of the way, because they have CrossFit in 30 minutes. <laughs> the episode ends as our heroes and their sidekicks stare down the metaphorical barrel of the soon-to-be toughest fight and musical number of their vampire hunting careers. End episode two. Episode 3 <laughs> opens up with the Vamp Bros singing about how the Hunters think they're tough, but they're not, and it's time for all the Hunters to be slain. So say goodbye, try not to cry, you messed with the Vamps, now it's time to die. The Vamp Gangs are thirsty for blood, hungry for pain, OH YEAH! <laughs> John, the big bad vamp of New York, takes center stage to do some sick guitar riffing with his vamp bros as they sing the chorus again and take a triumphant knee on the stage. Title screen! <laughs> Ned goes to applaud Ned goes to applaud the vamp vamp formants, but is shot down by Mighty Megan and her mean words of pragmatism. I just forgot to mention my other favorite joke of the whole fucking show, and you just brought it back up in my mind. Hit me with it like a stake to the heart. So, uh, back when they're dealing with the four Johns in the warehouse. Oh, I, yes, yes. <laughs> my favorite fucking joke. <laughs> so, they're, they're playing music. It's going on and on a bit, and then it's just... Yeah, they're not singing. Like Yeah, they're not singing. <laughs> like, they're waiting for something, and then... Oh! oh well, well, John goes, do you get it? Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. Do, do you get it? They're like, what? What do you want us to get? He's like, oh, he's, he's vamping. Vamp. And then John just has this big smile. He's like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> if I was a vampire, <laughs> I would do that shit. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> We're back in the uh, basement one-man show slash comedy club thing. Lair. Lair. Uh, yes. So Ned goes to applaud the vamp formants, but is shot down by Mighty Megan and her mean words of pragmatism. <laughs> the blood letters and blood drinkers become embattled. Fangs and blades slash and flash and bite as one, two, two vamps are killed. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> But not before Adam, poor, dear, sweet as southern tea, Adam is stabbed by one of the bloodsuckers. <laughs> Ned quickly avenges his friend, but the victory is as hollow as drain veins, as Ned cradles his dying friend in his arms. Adam draws his last breath <gasps> and passes into the great beyond. Ned cradles his friend's empty vessel and sings a requiem for the fallen. Mighty Megan tries to interject all, um, we have shit to do, but backs off with a glance from Ned, who is in the middle of his ballot for the fallen. <laughs> Don't interrupt a dude who's crying over another dude. 
I think Kay took that and went somewhere that Kay no, was supposed to. No, it was your expression <laughs> when you said that. <clears throat> it's too bad this is an audio medium. <laughs> I used to only cry tears for my penis. Now I cry tears for my eyes. <laughs> And the power of Kay's laugh made Warren drop his phone and thus <laughs> ruined where he was in his notes. I'm sorry. But... Can Warren recover where he was in his notes before the audience becomes more bored than they already are? Oh. <laughs> Find out soon as Warren finds where he is in his notes. <laughs> Ned concludes his pained song and throws Adam's corpse off of him. Jesus Christ. I didn't turn my head. Whoops. Uh, John, the big bad vamp of New York, is like, so what? Your friend died. Big whoop. You guys killed all of my friends just today. And the heroes are... And the heroes and sidekick are like, yeah, but you're the bad guy, so it's different. Mighty Megan is like, hey... John, the big bad vamp of New York, catch! And she tosses a stake right through his heart. In a flash of burning ash, the vamp is gone. Ned is like, so that means all of the clones are gone too, right? The camera turns and we see a horde of John, the big bad vamp of New York, clones creeping towards our hunters and their sidekick. The clones all pause, waiting for their inevitable destruction since the original clone was destroyed. Wait. Wait. Wait, wait. Okay, looks like they're safe. <laughs> the Johns move in and prepare to strike. Mighty Megan belittles Ned for having hope. Ned says that it's not his fault he was wrong, for TV has lied to him! <laughs> and the bat and he blames Joss Whedon. Fuck you, Joss. <laughs> The hunters and their sidekick battle the Johns and slay them one by one in choreographed in a choreographed display of steel and fiery special effects. <laughs> Once all the Johns have been destroyed and our hunters caught their collective breath, Ned laments that he can't leave Adam's corpse here. They have to take him with, ensure that he receives a ceremonial funeral befitting a hunter and warrior of his caliber. Mighty Megan is like, I guess we can take him back to my place. But before Adam, def before Adam's definitely lifeless carcass can be hauled away, <laughs> Ned sees two tiny red dots on Adam's neck. The impending realization dawns on his face as Adam's eyes open, red like the burning hot fires of hell. <laughs> Vampire Adam scrambles to his feet and flees the underground one-man show slash comedy club lair, <laughs> accompanied by yet another clone of John, perhaps the actual original clone, we don't know for sure, the big bad vamp of New York. <laughs> Our hunters and Ned look to one another, the realization setting in that the hard-fought battle is far from over. End episode three. <laughs> What will happen to our heroes? Will Ned be able to do what must be done and slay his longtime friend slash companion? Will Andrew, not Blade, come to terms with his half-human, half-vampire nature? And that... 
and that he will forever be overshadowed by the already established franchise of Marvel's Blade? <laughs> will Mighty Megan learn that it's okay to be vulnerable and to care about people and in turn let them care about her? <laughs> Find out next time on Season 2 of The Hunted Encore! <laughs> this episode is brought to you by John, the Big Bad Vamp of New York. Available this Halloween at all fictional retailers who sell imaginary books. <laughs> I learned that his name was John, I was like, well, shit. <laughs> For those who are completely unaware, please see our Dr. Doolittle episode. <laughs> and visit our tea public. <laughs> so that concludes season one of The Hunted Encore. Next week, Kay and I will pick up with our dashing Trio, I almost said duo. Well, tra dashing duo of hunters and their beloved sidekick, Ned, <laughs> as they seek to vanquish the vampire hordes from New York City. Yes. I'm so excited. <clears throat> I My throat hurts a little bit. I have to say, like, that was just, that was so good. That was, was so impressive. I actually want to watch it again just because it was fun and funny. And, Same. Uh, the music was well done. The I was, uh, I was very glad. So, so, Ned... And uh, anybody who uh, worked on this, whoever uh, was responsible for doing subtitles with the songs, thank you, because uh, that was a big help, mm -hmm. and uh, also made it so that I knew what the lyrics were. Yes. So, because musically challenged, so, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I, like I said, I felt like, it, it's one of those things that um, indie is so often kind of synonymous with just low budget and amateur mm -hmm. and kind of you know it kind of has if you're in the art industry itself you don't see it that way but yeah for kind of the mainstream audience indie is kind of associated with less than in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um i felt like this was really enjoyable yes funny well acted ned i thought your character was just fucking great he was yeah ned was the best comedy relief comedic relief absolutely in, in, in the show absolutely uh, he had the best one-liners and gets punched in the face by like every character but adam <laughs> and uh, yeah and I, the singing y'all excellent notch. excellent 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 k's ears hear music better than mine do and <laughs> k said it was good i thought it was good but k saying it was good and me thinking it was good means that it was good well like knowing when ned said that he had the vocal cord hemorrhage i'm sitting here Ooh. like yeah you're hitting some notes that i couldn't hit after a throat surgery i i <clears throat> have trouble hitting those <clears throat> bravo dude mm, mm. good job awesome job I'm, I'm i enjoyed this and i i want to do i want to do season two <laughs> i'm so excited for season two i gotta know how it concludes and that'll be next week on tone deaf so yeah we're we're gonna i mean for our listeners it'll be next week for us it'll be like later this week <laughs> <laughs> it's an illusion because we've got anniversary stuff to plan for staying home <laughs> We just got some wine, and we'll we'll drink wine and, and wine. <laughs> I can't go anywhere except the house and around the house. 
the dog will be glad we don't leave. Yeah, she'll be glad. So, yay, next yay. week. Woo! This is for a good a, spoopy month. For another spoopy episode of Tone Down. Yeah, so thank you again so much, Ned. We are loving these. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. So, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. It is a little bit shorter of one, but that seems to be the case with our spoopy month ones this year. A little yeah, bit shorter. A little bit shorter. It's fine. You know, size don't matter. You know it's what you do with it. You know, Kay keeps telling me that. I think Kay is. I've been wondering why I've been getting so many like, take this pill and your wife will stop calling you pathetic in bed. Emails. Uh, if any day I can make Kay like double over themselves and laugh, it's a good day, y'all. I'm dead. Oh, Dad. Uh-oh. Do I have to cut your head off and stuff your mouth full of garlic and put a steak through your chest? You can stuff my mouth full of garlic anytime. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know you're not a vampire. Exactly. <laughs> so, thank y'all for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to Kay and I, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our spooky social medias, like like terrifying Twitter and freaky Facebook and incomprehensibly horrific Instagram. <laughs> you can also find links to support the show on Patreon.com and, uh, yeah. And our tea public with public? new John the Giant Pink Seastale swag. Yes. You can also find a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. And you can stop by, say hi, talk about musical theater, share pictures of your pets, or just say, Hey, Warren, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'll go, okay. (laughs) Um, And if you want to help us out, uh, feel free to leave a review on iTunes or Podchaser. Uh, If you mention Latte in a review, she gets a cookie. If you review on iTunes, I will be singing the review. I think Podchaser might be a little bit uh, scarier for me to do that, just because, like, you can review individual episodes with that, and that might be too much singing for... (laughs) We'll see. Maybe I'll expand it to Podchaser. No such thing as too much singing! I love you. Sing! Wow. That's just a solid block of blue. That's that's whale noise caliber. No! Anyway, that'll be it for this week. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I'm Kay. And I am Warren. And this has been Tone Down.